And hello, guys, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Jose, and I'm grateful to be here with you guys for the day. But before we get started, you guys know what we do. We always do our announcements, so let's roll right into it. So if you guys aren't following us on our Facebook page, make sure you go to wildaboutanimalsonfacebook.com. Come join us. Be part of the Wild family. It's a great way to stay connected with everybody. Um, if you guys want to answer me to answer any of your questions live while the show is going, go to the Facebook that we listed below. Go there. There should be a link there. Click that link and send me your questions, and I can answer your questions live on a live show while it's going on. Um, we also do birthday shout-outs. Any personal shout-outs you want to do, those are also included in there as well. Um, our Twitter page is coming along pretty well. It should be up sometime next week. We'll have everything set up, and then you can go there. Go follow us. That's another way to stay connected. Merch store, like I said before, is on its way coming, so guys, be patient with that as well. This is, you know, again, a lot for one person to do on their own, but it's a work in progress. Um, if you guys also were here for the past one, then you probably understood or remember that we more than likely will be starting a, uh, gameplay through series on Twitch. Um, once we get all that set up, there'll be a link again on the Facebook page, like listed below. Um, you can go there, go follow me on Twitch, and then you guys can be a part of that fun stuff that we got planned for that as well. And then the last big announcement is... If you guys, again, were here for last week, you remember that we talked about there was going to be a possible name change. Um, and right now, that's still up in the air, but for right now, we will still be known as Wild About Animals. So as far as you guys are aware, the name is not going to change. If you guys don't see anything about a name change soon, that means we just decided to just leave it there. So other than that, with all of the announcements aside, I hope everyone is having a great day. I hope you are doing well. Um, if you listen to me at work, I hope your, you know, your days at work is going good, school, whatever, any of that. I'll, again, hope you all are having a wonderful day. So I hope you guys are ready to learn about koalas because we do have a lot to unpack today. So we're going to take a little break and we will be right back. Hey guys, this is Jose from Wild About Animals. Um, I just want to throw this in and be like, if you guys have any requests for any future podcasts, make sure you leave them on Facebook and then I'll make sure I'll put them on a list and I'll let you guys go over there. Back to the show we go. And hey guys, welcome back from the break. So if you guys are ready to learn about koalas, well, let's get wild and let's get started. So unbeknownst or you know, a misconception is I'm pretty sure you guys have heard koalas be called koala bears. Um, That name has been tossed around for centuries, Um, I guess because they do have a very bear-like appearance with their round eyes and their nose. Um, But guys, they're just the the basic way to say them or the correct way to, to, to identify a koala bear is just koala. You don't have to put the bear at the end of it. In fact, koalas aren't even related to bears at all. Um, they're actually marsupials, and their closing living relatives are wombats. Now, what does that mean with marsupials? Well, by that name, you guys probably heard of kangaroos, wombats, possums, and koalas are another certain type of um, marsupials, which means they're younger, born and mature, and they develop further in the safety of a pouch on the mother. In fact, koalas are such a national symbol of Australian wildlife. They can pretty much be found on the eastern, southeast coastlines of Australia, um, which is the actual name of koala translates to meaning no water from the Darig people or the Aborigines that, you know, live there from that language, you know. So that was a real cool, but you found out the meaning behind the koala's name, which kind of, 
is an interesting thing when you go back. Like, it's kind of like the Manatees episode when we went there and we learned the meaning behind Manatee was, you know, utter, which basically gave them the name Sea Cow, you know. But un even though with the koala name meaning no water, um, the reason why that probably was is because they probably saw that the koala very rarely came down from the trees to drink water, you know. Which, un even though that is the name that they're giving, koalas do... You know, there's there was a misconception that koalas never come down and drink water. Um, they get all their new, you know, they people felt like they got all that from the what they eat, and we'll get into that in just a second. So sorry about that. Back on to it. So like I said, you know, they're on the southern and east coast of Australia. That's usually where you can find most of koalas. And even the cool thing about it is, it's like there's even differentiations between the ones that live in sizes. You know, the ones that live across the eastern Australia are typically bigger, while the ones in like Queensland's are smaller. You know, so that was a pretty cool, you know, differentiation with the size. And then there's even differences between the males and the females. Um, male koalas are typically bigger with broader faces. And they usually, in the center, you'll see they'll have a scent gland on their chest, which they can use to mark a tree on the territory to let other males know that this is my territory. Don't come into this tree. While adult females, are usually they have a clean white chest. And then they have a pouch, which, which they're young. You know, you'll see that that's where they keep their young from. Um, it protects them, you know, the young from getting injured while the mother is climbing from tree to tree. Um, they also share this trait with their closest relative, wombats. The only difference is, you know, wombats use theirs to protect their young from when they're digging through burrows. Now, like we stated before, koalas climb trees, and they've evolved special mechanisms to do this. Um, they have very strong legs, strong arms, and they have sharp claws, which they can use to climb trees. Um, majority of a koala's life is spent in a tree. They can climb down, but when they're on the ground, they can't, they're not adapted to walk on the ground. They're more adapted to live in the trees majority of the time. Um, however, you know, if spooked, you know, a koala can bump up a speed about 300 km per hour. So, but if you guys see, you know, but the koalas do come down from trees and they will, they can walk, but it's not like they're adapted to walking. It's, you know, they're more built to climb trees. Now, like we said before, you know, they have these strong arms and these powerful legs um, because they actually have evolved an opposable thumb on their forepaw, which allows them to get a better grip on these trees. A good way to tell if you ever do go to Australia, you can always tell that the koala has been there because when they're climbing, they usually leave scratches in the bark. Um... So that's a good indicator to scientists if, you know, in the in the, in the ecosystem that they're in, is there's some koalas around, you know. And obviously with all this climbing, you know, you would think, you know, they would have to have a very strong tush to survive. Well, evolution has given the koalas a great way to, you know, to survive in the tree because they have this very strong cartilage at the end of their curves at their spine, which basically allows them to sit in a tree for hours and hours on end and they don't hurt their butt, basically. Another cool fact, even with this opposable thumb that koalas have, is that they are one of the only animals besides primates who have fingerprints. And just like you and me, their fingerprints are unique. They also have like these unique patterns on their noses as well, which helps wild researchers keep if they're tracking koalas is the best way to identify and know this is the same koala that I was studying before and tracking them. I think that was really cool. That means koalas, you can differentiate between the ones if you have these, you know, patterns and these fingerprints. Now, the thing about koalas is even though, you know, they're very successful species, 
they are very picky eaters. Um, koalas eat a variety of eucalyptic leaves, which is a very native plant species in Australia. Um, there's a few different variations of that. We're not going to go into how many different species, but there's several of them. Um, to be more exact, is this is consistent of the koala's diet. In fact, it makes a majority, if not all of it. Um, and why is this so significant is because the eucalyptus is a very poisonous plant. Um, if you want to give it, you know, a comparison to those, it's very related to cyanide, um, which is very deadly to eat. Um, but the koala has developed a very unique digestive system to where he can eat it and not get sick. Pretty much how it works is like he basically, he has rigid molars. So what this does is it basically grinds the leaves into paste. Then that allows the nutrients to pass into the stomach. And then the toxins are isolated by his liver. And then pretty much he poops or pees them out. Um, then his residue is then broken down by bacteria in his, in his digestive system. And then pretty much it just, after that, that's how the nutrition gets put out. Um, now, baby koalas are not born with this, but they do acquire it from their mothers by drinking the milk, basically. And the mother basically passes down the bacteria from her to him, and that's how they build up that inc impressive digestive system. And now when you think about it that I just told you guys that koalas primarily just eat eucalyptic leaves, and they basically mean that they have no competition besides other koalas when it comes to eating, because the majority of animals do not eat eucalyptus because they're poisonous or they taste terrible. But with the koala being a successful eater of this, they basically have no competition when it comes to food. Um, that does have a effect on numbers when we get into, you know, the main cause of the lowering of koala's numbers lately. But that is a very unique and intriguing evolutionary trait to be specialized in one food. It's pros and cons with that when it comes to that because pro because like I said it before, they do not have to compete with any other animals. There's only very few animals who can eat eucalyptic leaves. And so with that less competition, you don't have to compete for food and then obviously you know they can forage as much as they want. The con to that is if something happens dramatic um, and disrupts or destroys eucalyptic leaves, ko koalas could go hungry. So, you know, that's, like I said, a pro and a con of that. Now, even though that they have, they eat all this, these, you know, these eucalyptic leaves, you would think that, oh, well, you know, they should have a good diet and stuff. Well, the thing about it is, like, eucalyptics don't really give that much energy to the koalas. In fact, the koala has to eat a consistent amount of these leaves to even get a, a normal ratio of energy. And with all of them having to break down all this, this the toxins in their stomach, it, it takes a lot of energy to do that. And the fact that they eat a low energy diet, they usually sleep a good chunk of the day away. Um, there's been stated they sleep 18 to 20 hours a day. Just the koala's just sleeping all day. Um, koalas are more known to be more nocturnal. They will move in the daytime, but they're more nocturnal animals. And they usually are solitary animals, unless you count a koala mother with the baby Joey. Also, just to also state for those, this is just, you know, future references. If someone comes to you and says that, you know, they're talking about marsupials, nine times out of ten, the baby will be called a Joey. Um, where did that come from? Um, 
well, I tell you what, we could all look that up later after the podcast because I'm pretty sure whenever we do the kangaroo one, we'll probably figure out why they call them joeys. But a baby koala is called a joey. Basically, lives in the mother's pouch when he's born. Um, female koalas only usually give birth to one joey. It's very rare for them to give birth to twins. It's possible, but it's very, very rare. And for the first couple months of his life or its life, it spends time in its mother's pouch. Um, it's basically when they're born, they're, they're pink, they're, they're blind, they can't survive on their own, and pretty much they're born in the pouch, and then that's where they stay for the first couple months. As the baby grows older and older till about, I believe, until it's six months is when it gets too big to stay in the pouch permanently, and then it'll move from the pouch to the mother's back, and it'll hang on through her back while she's climbing from tree to tree, and it'll only go into the pouch unless it needs to be safety um, or a drink or eat milk from the mother and then once it gets to the point of 12 months and it's fully weaned off of milk usually by then most koala babies will leave and go and make their own territory or go find their own or you know be an adult koala you know but with all of that you know you would think well all of these things that i just told y'all about koalas you know you would think that you know they're very successful animals there's nothing really bothering them well that is definitely not true um, the main victim, or not, sorry, not victim, but the main threat that koalas face is deforestation. Um, Australia is very well known, or it has a very high, you know, about 80% of, you know, ecosystems just being torn down to make room for farms and people living there. Um, and like I said it before, with the con, with koalas being so dependent on one type of food source, that if the food source gets destroyed because of lumber companies and all this stuff and people tearing down trees and stuff, and the koala is so dependent on this one food item, that could very be detrimental to their population. Not only that, um, koalas also have to deal with the fact because now with deforestation going on, they obviously have to move and keep track of food, which is increasing koala and human interactions. Um, studies have shown that a good chunk, a good high number of koalas are killed by dogs and cars each year because with them having to move to go find food, that's, again, they have to cross roads. Um, and like we said, the koala is not the best walker. Um, it's not the fastest runner. Um, it probably gets attacked, you know, and that really sucks. Yet koalas have to deal with that because of deforestation. And then not to mention with the recent Australia bushfire that happened a couple months ago, over 3 billion animals perished, some that don't live anywhere else in the world. I mean, Australia is recovering, but that whole disaster was devastating to the fact that, you know, that all of these animals got... Pretty much they died because, you know, a bushfire went out of whack and went out of control. And it's sad because that also that handed the koalas numbers detrimentally. Um, they're they're coming back slowly, um, but they are still a vulnerable species. And probably what you're wondering is what ways can you listener, what ways can we help? Well, there's a lot of foundations where you can donate money, where they grow trees, you can adopt the koala you know, go do your research, go research more about koalas and see what you can do as, you know, a person who can actually help these animals. Go look, like I said, foundations, organizations, you know, and you can donate money and do all these things and try to at least help these 
marsupials actually make a comeback because a co the koalas are very important to the ecosystem because like we stated in the manatee one, if the koala population is thriving, then that means the ecosystem itself is thriving. And koalas play a probably important role in their ecosystem, just like every other animal that we probably have gone through the entire list plays an important role in their ecosystem as well. So if you guys just take the time, go look up, go look up any foundation organization that you can and just just give what you can, even if it's just researching for a couple of minutes and just trying to find out what can you do to help. Well, I do hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I thought it was pretty interesting to learn about koalas. I never really thought to think to dive into koalas like that, but the fact that I did and, you know, I learned all this stuff and how they, you know, it's actually really cool. Like I told y'all, you know, taking the time to go look, to go research, and you find out some cool things that you yourself didn't even know, which, you know, learning something new every day. And if you're not learning anything new, then how are you living life? <laughs> A quote that uh, I've recently started using. But anyway, I do go hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Um, remember, like I said it before, follow all of our social medias that are available, and then we'll keep you guys updated when something new is coming up. I will see you guys next week, and I hope you have a great day, and remember to stay wild out there.